Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, another delightful episode of Cisco Champions Radio. Today, we have Donnie, Darren, and I'm DeLauren. So, okay, yeah, that was terrible. Donnie, who are you? What do you do? Tell us everything. Concisely. Oh, you can't handle everything. True. Um, True. So, my name is Donnie Savage. I'm a uh, longtime employee of Cisco. We won't say how long. Longtime that... caller, first time caller. Yeah, first time yeah. caller, longtime listener. Um, this day and age, I'm working in a team that deals with smart license. It's, um, uh, I guess I joined the team probably around six, seven years ago. Uh, this day and age, they've kind of uh, demoted me, or no, sorry, promoted me, um, where I am now focused primarily on the on-prem, in other words, the customer side, how to make the customer experience better with smart license. Who are you? What do you do? Hi, hi I'm Darren For Well, I'm, um, what am I? I'm a, a network designer, is what I do. So I work for Avar in the UK, and uh, yeah, far less interesting, but um, yeah, I get the, the, the joy of dealing with the customers and hopefully uh, putting the, the platforms together for them based on your products. So. Awesome. All right. So, excuse me, we are here to discuss smart licensing. Donnie, question. What makes it smart? Um, well, that's kind of an interesting question, and it's loaded with so many jokes that we won't go. So, so fundamentally, if you think back through kind of the way software evolved within the industry, right? Even going back, we remember with your um, music devices, right? There was a day when you'd buy a song, the song would only work on your little music device, and you couldn't share it with your friends, and et cetera, right? It's called the 80s, but go on. Yeah, even the 90s. Right? Yeah, okay. So, so then all of a sudden, the industry started doing a shift, and we moved away from DRM, digital rights management. And Cisco kind of was at that position where we were still doing DRM. Now, we didn't call it DRM. We call it PAC files, product activation key. And so even with Cisco or more advanced features, you would come in and you would buy a software license which would come to you as a pack file, you'd get the serial number of the device and you would host. So we began looking at that and looking at the, uh, the journey that customers went through, kind of the experience they had around packs. RMAs were equipment failed um, for various reasons like asteroids and thunderbolts because otherwise it doesn't fail. Did you actually have a lot of asteroid cases? Um, I think I did. Okay, go on. Yeah, I think I did. You actually. may continue, sir. Thank you. Now, where was I? Oh, so we went kind of and looked at that, and about six or seven years ago, Cisco decided that you know what we need to improve that experience. I expect you know we need to make the the use around licensing Cisco products better. We began talking to customers, and one of the probably the most interesting questions that customers would come to us and. They would ask that fundamental question, can you tell me what I own? And the answer was is no, we could not tell you what we own, right? So we didn't like have it all networked up somewhere where we knew these things? No, actually, I mean, there's different backend systems, different databases. Sometimes it's bought through partners, sometimes through integrators, sometimes through resellers, paper license, e-delivery, yeah. So, so fundamentally, we could kind of sort of tell you, but we couldn't really tell you. The next thing that happened in the industry is 
th this whole idea that you want to be in compliance, right? That now they're all of a sudden, now Cisco doesn't do it, but some companies are out with their, with their lawyers doing audits of organizations. They would roll in and go, um, how many licenses are you using? Prove it. So the true up. Well, and sometimes the true up was fun and sometimes not so fun. So what customers wound up doing is they wrote these really big scripting systems that would just crawl their network looking for gear and looking for what was in use. So Cisco's, you know, like I said, we looked at it and we said, God, there's got to be a way to do this better. So a team of people um, got together and they decided that what we would do is kind of follow where the industry's going. The International Standards Organization has released a, uh, now a specification called an ITAM, IT Asset Management. And the number on it is the ISO 19770. What 19770 says is that a software license is nothing more than an asset. It's no different than the piece of hardware you own or the chair you own or the table. It's just one of the assets that your company owns. Well, this also presented challenges because with a pack file, who owns a pack file? If she registered it, she does. Oh, okay. there you go. Yeah, so, so with registers. pack files, companies actually would wind up with situations where an employee would come in, they'd use their CCO ID, another employee uses their CCO ID, well, somebody goes on holiday. So when they go on holiday, what do you do? You need support. You call TAC, they say, what's your CCO ID? My CCO ID is Donnie. Yeah, sorry, we can't help you. So the other thing we wanted to do is say, okay, well, if we're going to look at assets, and assets belong to a company, maybe the license should be registered to the company and not registered to the individuals that worked at the company. So fundamentally, that was the shift. And it's one that customers, right? I mean, it's a little different, right? Because we're used to key files. We're used to putting it on and forgetting it. But now what we're looking at is more of a usage-based model where you're not taking a license and tying it to a product. What you're doing is have a product just simply report the license that it's using, and then at Cisco, we just count what you have and count what's in use. So now all of a sudden, we can do a couple things. We can tell you what you own, because what you own will be in your smart account. We can tell you what you're using, because in your smart account, there's an in-use column. And if your equipment is using it, you're using it. You know if you're using too much, you know if you're not using all that you paid for. So now you begin looking at your account and saying, hey, Joe down in uh, engineering bought 100 license, right, 100 routers. I only see 50 in service. He's asking for 25 more. Am I getting value? So fundamentally, uh, I guess, if to your question of what makes it smart, what makes it smart is, for once, you can actually get intelligent data out of your inventory around what do I buy, what am I using, also, what assets do I have within my possession? And, I'm, and more importantly, am I getting value for the assets that I'm buying? Wow, look at that awesome. expression. <laughs> I, like, that's I think cool. she, first, she's out of words. <laughs> Never seen you speechless. Still speechless. Still speechless. Yeah, exactly. I was like, mm. No, I mean, you could, well, so the advantages are pretty clear there from, from what you've described, certainly from Cisco's side. From a customer's perspective, what I mean, obviously having the usage and understanding what that is, having Cisco knowing what your inventory is, starts to get a little bit interesting, I suppose. Then around um, data, the, the data that you're collecting about um, about the, the customer, about what they're doing, 
the, the privacy aspects, I suppose, around that. So, I mean, what, what do we know about that? How does that Yeah, that so, so if you look at the uh, ISO standard, right, what they do is they define licensing telemetry. They define under Dash 2 the idea of entitlement. What is an entitlement? And they have the, the schemas and the data definitions around that. Under Dash 3, they define what, what is a software tag. How do you describe a software entity? And then also under Dash 4, they've introduced this idea of postpaid or think of it as utility, like you buy power. So, so they've, they've defined the way the data is format, what it looks like. Now for us, it's an advantage of following along with that because now vendors who specialize in ITAM can start to look at interoperating with us. Um, so, so we got that, but, but then that begs the question, if I'm sending this telemetry, what telemetry is being sent? And this can be a concern to many customers, right? Because they don't want information within their network leaking out. Even though maybe they trust Cisco, maybe they don't, they want to be able to make sure that the information that they expose is the information that they want. With, the, so, with GDPR and all those exactly. kinds of things, we need to know what's, what's going on. So right? the first thing is we avoid data sovereignty type laws because we don't disclose user information. Remember, it's to the company not to the individual. So we don't send up email addresses, we don't send up contact information, et cetera. The other thing is, is that on both on the product, the customer can control whether or not they share things like host name, whether they share MAC address, IP address. Cisco, so that's optional. Whether you it's completely optional. Right. Okay. Cisco does not need it. Of course. All right. How do we, what sort of, like, how is it pre-configured though? Is it pre-configured? By default, it is on. Okay, default on. Okay. It is default on. Go on, continue. Yep. So the the you know one of the common questions is well if you don't need it then why send it? Because honestly, if you've ever tried to look at all the list of products you have and they're nothing but these long serial numbers, which is a bunch you know a string of numbers, and try to figure out which box that is in my network, it can be a challenge. I, I suppose it gives you the opportunity to tie uh, if TAC, for example, need to access that licensing information, yeah. you can tie it all together because you've got something that the customer recognizes as theirs, right? Well, think about it, right? So I'm sitting here, I think I'm using 10 license, but it says I'm using 11, and I've got 11 serial numbers. Go find those 11 boxes. But if I'm using something like data center router one, data center switch one, data center router two, then I look at those names and I go, oh, that means something yeah. to me. Yeah. Now I can go find that. That's, that's customer experience that right. we're talking about, right? So, so the question is, is that useful to the customer? And that's an individual customer question, which is why we make it optional. Many customers find it useful, some customers, very security conscious, go, well, we're not gonna let that out of our network, and that's completely fine. What we need, we need the serial number, we need what license you're using, and we need how many license you're using. That is it. We do not need any more data than that. The serial number was put on the product at Cisco. We already know that, right? We've, we've recorded that serial number at the time of sale. The license that you're using and the quantity is just simply so that you can report accurately what's in use so when you look at in use you know what's in use yeah. makes perfect sense so in order to uh, enable the, the smart license process i suppose yep. you need some internet co connectivity i'm guessing um, how would a customer go about enabling themselves ready to do smart licensing so we have and we call them methods of communication right so if you've been to the cisco live um events where we do sessions and stuff like here, we have a breakout session that we talk about this in great detail. So we have five different methods of communication. The simplest and the default communication 
is to use direct. Your products talk directly to Cisco. Now, many customers, that's just simply not acceptable. Enterprise customers quite often send their traffic through a proxy. So we support proxy, right? So your devices can point to your proxy, your proxy can do your policy, and then from a proxy, the proxy communicates. That's still not acceptable to a lot of customers. So the other two methods that we have are um, effectively using an on-prem ITAM appliance that we call a satellite. It takes the um, experience that you have in the cloud with software.cisco.com, which is called the Cisco Smart Software Manager. And we take that and we put it in a box and we give it to you free of charge, no cost. So there you install that in your network, your devices then talk to it. It then can talk to a proxy to Cisco, or if you're really in a situation where you have no connectivity at all, we actually offer file transfer for exchanging information between the on-prem ITM appliance and Cisco to keep those devices in sync. Would that be, that would be a, a regularly scheduled file transfer, would it, or would it, I'm just thinking, for example, uh, a customer that has, has to be completely air-gapped from the internet, and I guess what, in that scenario, that fits what you're, what you're saying there. Exactly, exactly. So, so let's say that you're um, maybe a state government or uh, maybe a military government, but maybe not so mili military that you, you can't let any information out, right? You can let some information out. So in order to facilitate that, number one, the file transfer that you do is in plain text. And you can actually inspect it and look at it we don't care, it's there, get comfortable with it. And so a lot of times for the security entities, the, the customer will take the data, pass it to their security officer, the security officer will inspect it, they'll approve it, it goes outside the enclave, exchange with Cisco, and then brought back. And the information coming back likewise is in text. Now it's in um, a format called YAML, yet another markup language, but it's very readable and we do in customers uh, opportunity inspected. So I suppose that there again, um, when you were talking before about the data that's actually contained in that transfer, again, if you're particularly security conscious, that, that will be yeah. a, something to worry about. The fact it's in plain text, then you might want to extract all oh, that yeah. extra data. But, and but, in yeah. fact, what some customers will do is they'll start out running it in the offline mode, the, the, uh, the satellite, they'll run it yeah. offline until they get comfortable with the data and then they'll switch on the online mode. Because it's easier. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's just let the box do its sure, job, sure. sync it up once a month, you're done. So once, now, that oh, was sorry. four. Yeah, was yes, four. it was, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, there's just two more. Okay, go on. We don't talk about the fifth one. much better, okay, good. So when Lauren leaves, we'll talk about the fifth one. Okay, yeah. She's not Lauren, up. cover your ears. Yeah, cover your ears. So, so that, that works for customers, you know, they're not, they're dark net, but they're not totally dark. So for the completely, totally dark customers, we're talking, you know, the, the federal customers, the military, um, maybe a satellite flying through space, or, or literally one of my colleagues was meeting with the Navy in the U.S. and they had a, they had a box on a submarine that's not going to come up for a year. What do you do with those guys? So in those particular cases, we actually have something we call license reservation. And so with license reservation, it's a lot like the pack experience in that you go get a serial number from the box, you take the serial number to Cisco, you create a key, you take the key back and you go back to your box and you put the key on it and then it unlocks your feature and the box needs to touch and talk to nothing. Okay. Right, so that's, now we've had some customers go, oh, I'll do that. 
Well, remember, when you do that, you lose all of the benefits of Spark License. You no longer have any visibility of what you're really using. You only know what keys you've got. RMAs become a problem, right? So if you've got a device that goes down, you better get the key off the device because you can't create a new key unless you have a license and if it's tied to the old device. So that winds up with TAC calls, recover, and the whole RMA experience that was with the PAC files that, that led not only us, but the industry down the path of let's get away from key files and go to inventory management. But I suppose it's that use case that where that actually makes sense potentially to do that. Well, and, and honestly with those guys, they usually, even on RMA, they got a big chipper in the back. They drop the equipment in and they send a certificate of destruction. So they're not really recovering anything anyway. No, no that's fair enough, that's fair enough. So, um, so I guess with all those different, those different um, uh, types of, con of connectivity that are needed, you've got, the question always comes up, um, what happens if I lose connection to the internet and I can no longer um, get back to the smart licensing in, uh, portal? Yeah. What happens then to my licensing on the box? Because does my box continue to function? We send the snipers? <laughs> snippers? Snipers. Snippers? Yes. Snippers. Snip, snip. Um, why do you let her in here? Uh, it's a, it wasn't my idea, sorry. But I'll, it's okay, I like her. Oh, I really like her now. Stop. Oh, okay, that got weird. It did, really weird. We're, we quick, are recorded, right? Very quickly. Yes. You can send this okay. to HR after, I promise I'll behave. Okay, people, if you hear me scream, come save me. Bob and Brenda there know me. Lean up on aisle five. What was the question? <laughs> Oh. Okay. Sorry, I broke things today, didn't I? That's okay. So, um, if, right, the, the question is, I suppose, if you lose the connectivity to the, the, the whatever you licensing You mean like the server, connectivity I just lost with yeah, the question? Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what happens? Do you, so, your so, box so just like the exchange we had, right, I lost connectivity, yeah, and yeah. I said, okay, give me the question again. Yeah. Well, Smart License is also forgiving in that way. Okay. First off, we have customers that are very concerned about what's called latency. In other words... From the time that I send the license request, what's the kind of network speed and connectivity requirements do I have? Yeah. Smart license is not a high latency solution. You have an entire month to get the message there. Okay. And if you don't get the message there in months, then you got three months to get the message. And if you don't get it there, then you got a year. So let's talk about what happens in those stages. Well, first thing is, the device sends up what's called a renew. It's basically a heartbeat. It just says, I'm still around. So that goes, everything's good. If you miss three of those in 90 days, Cisco just assumes that your equipment's out of service and we remove the, equipment, the listing, the product listing. Now we've been sending you notices from Cisco going, hey, your product hasn't communicated, you might wanna look at it. But we just remove it from the inventory because we think maybe it was an RMA. What has the product been doing? It's been sending you a syslog message saying, hey, I can't communicate, something going on here? But in terms of functionality, nothing changed. The product is still functioning, it's still working, nothing's been shut down, nothing's been turned off. Now let's go out a year. So it's been one year. That device has not been able to communicate to Cisco. And Cisco has long since forgot about it. At that stage, the product will return to the unregistered state. Now at that point, things may or may not happen. Many of the products, and it's kind of the philosophy of smart license, which is do no harm, many of the products will continue to work. They'll continue to allow the features to be enforced. Some products, depending on the period of time, 
may disallow, for example, configuration changes. Okay. So it keeps working just fine, but you can't go in and make a config change. Uh, but keep in mind, it's been offline for 365 days before this happened. And you've had all the warnings and, and you've had warnings well. from Cisco okay. and you've had warnings from the product. So we try to be very, very um, generous in terms of you know the communication, the communicate you know timeouts are occurring, retries are occurring, it's trying every hour, right? So so we try to make sure that licensing does not get in the way of your network operation. So I suppose the the other thing to flip that on its head a little can uh, is there a way that uh, you can revoke licensing or whatever centrally? So. Uh, from the may customer worry, side or from, from Cisco I'm side? thinking from the Cisco side. No. So, so. no remote fill switch? No. You're looking at me that like was, that was the weirdest question. No, I'm looking like at her like, <laughs> is there a remote kill switch for Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very hard. Yeah, hey, whatever. she quit talking. There is. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to kill me when we get out of here. <laughs> yeah. so, so the answer is no. Fair um, okay. Communication flow is always from the device towards Cisco. Sure. Never, ever from Cisco to the device. Back to the device. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, and think of it rationally, right? There are thousands, if not millions, of Cisco products out there. How in the world does Cisco reach out to a million products? No. It's just not scalable. It's just not scalable. You can't, you can't do it. I and, wish we'd figure out how to make the bandwidth for that to happen. Well, sell you the bandwidth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> but, uh, but even there, right, you've got devices behind firewalls, behind NATs, right, in labs. and It's just not realistic. And, and it's not part of what we want to do anyway. The devices report what they're using. We don't go hunting devices. We don't go looking for devices. So... You know, there's no way for us to send a message to the device that says, do something, turn off license, or, no, there's just so not So purely a reporting mechanism it's as far as reporting the mechanism. license is concerned. Yeah. Again, we're following the standards organization. They say license is an asset. Assets are treated as inventory. All we're having is that inventory get reported, and we're just counting the beans in the back office and telling you, you got enough beans, you don't got enough beans. So there's, there's one other scenario I was thinking of um, where you might have a partner who implements for a customer um, a network and what happens with the, the, the licensing um, registration, if you like, between those because the partner is managing a network on behalf of the so customer. Like an integrator or yeah, a, a yeah, yeah, that partner, sort of yeah. scenario. What, how does that work? So a smart account belongs, again, going back, right? A smart account belongs to the company, right? What we call a customer, yeah. right? So it, it's their assets. So they get to control who has access to their assets. So let's say that I'm a customer, I've got a smart account, and I've got some routers and switches, maybe a Cat9K, et cetera. And you're gonna be my integrator or my partner. So a couple of things that could happen. The most obvious is, is I just grant you access to my smart account. And then I say, here you go, you've got access. When you log into Cisco, you can see my license, you go deploy my equipment, it still reports back to me, we're done. Okay, um, and then naturally the following question to that often is, well, what if you have multiple partners? Sure. Well, there again, customers can grant either full or limited access. So if you've got a, if you've got one partner that's kind of your go-to partner, you may give them full access to your account. Um, I was talking to uh, someone earlier today, and they said, well, we have a division in the U.S. and a division in the U.K. And we have one in Germany, and we're like, okay, well, then your folks that are in the U.S. set up some virtual accounts. Uh, virtual accounts are basically a way of grouping license, sure. think folders on your desktop, okay. and then putting license in, and then just let the U.S. people see the U.S., 
UK people see the UK license, German people see the German license, you're done. That makes sense. And that's for taxation reasons, as well as kind of span of control. Sure, sure. So that makes it nice and straightforward, assuming you go down that path, right? No, I like that. That's good. Okay, so we've talked a lot about, about the mechanics, I suppose. What do people actually need to enable themselves to, to make that happen? Yeah, so one of the things I, um, in the Cisco Live presentation I refer to as the get set, get ready, go. In the, in the get set, um, the first thing that you need to do is have a smart account. Now, if you're a small company, it's probably simple. Matter of fact, you might be the person that not only sets up the smart account, but completely owns the smart account. You are the company. Or maybe there's 10 people and you're the one elected to manage the IT group. So those are the easy cases. The, the more complex cases, when you get into companies that maybe are multi-geographic region, uh, multi-site, then you need to start asking the question of who is the owner, from the company's perspective, who is the owner of the account? Typically, that will be one of the asset controllers within your company. Who in your company kind of oversees what the company owns? And they're probably going to be the approver and they're probably going to be the owner of the smart account. Yeah. And then, they, then they're going to break it up into virtual accounts and let each business unit or division or department self-manage within that. Okay. So that's get set, get ready. Get ready is, is just that. What is your span of control? You have two levels in your company. One level cares about your assets. They want to know, am I in compliance? You know, am I following all the laws of the region I'm yeah, in? Yeah. Do I need to buy more license or not? Am I getting value? Am I seeing revenue? Um, the other people are the people deploying the equipment. Yeah. So your asset managers are going to maintain it at the smart account level. Then you're going to break your virtual accounts out. And the virtual accounts are bro broke out based on who needs access to those licenses. So you may have one. More likely, you're going to have tens or hundreds, maybe even a thousand. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So you're going to have those virtual accounts break out to the teams that are managing the equipment. That's a typical way I see okay. it done. So get set, get ready, what is go? Go is the telemetry we're talking about. How are you gonna get the telemetry out of your network? Are you gonna do direct connect? Are you gonna do proxy? Are you gonna do satellite? In some cases, are you gonna do license reservation? You may use one, you may use all of those, depending on where your equipment is. And of course, that, that has an impact on your network design and everything, because you've yeah. gotta make sure that you've got the right connectivity in place to make that stuff happen. Right? That's correct. So yeah, interesting, interesting challenges. And I suppose, um, especially when you have a scenario where you've got um, an infrastructure that's already in place and you have to perhaps upgrade it. And when you move to that, do that upgrade, along comes the challenge of- So, so there's two, the yeah, so there's two areas, right? Number one, we're just using plain old HTTPS, right? It's, it's encrypted, yeah, and it's encrypted traffic. It's the same kind of protocol that you go to your bank and log into your bank and access your credit cards. It's the same protocol, it's secure. And so companies generally have ways of getting HTTPS traffic in and out of their network, you know, port 443. So that makes it not quite so bad, but then you move into your core, maybe your data center, maybe your management network has no way to get out. So there's where you can look at options like putting a satellite in yeah. and having some interfaces on the satellite to the production side where products report um, license usage, yeah. and then having a DMZ interface which is then maybe attached to a proxy or a firewall mm -hmm. that allows no That's inbound traffic, now. outbound only. Yeah. So you actually put that device on your management portion of the network, keeping it off the production. 
and that might require a little bit of change in... It's basically an important part of the design of the is. network, isn't it, when it yeah. comes down to it? And fundamentally, it's part of your network management. Uh, yeah, it, so. Again, that's why I said you may use any one of the different methods. You may find, in some cases, maybe I got uh, wireless access points in coffee shops, it's attached to the internet, it just goes to Cisco. Yeah, that's cool. You're a financial, you got uh, laws around financial and what can go in and out of your data center, a satellite's probably going to happen. Sure, sure. You're the military, you're putting these things on a tank or a helicopter or a jet fighter, you're probably running <laughs> license reserve, reservations. Yeah, reserve those licenses. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, that uh, pretty much covers everything I wanted to say. I was just going to say, where can people go to find out more? So we have the easiest place is www.cisco.com slash go slash smart license. That's a good point to start. They can also just, you know, go to the Googles and Google it. You can definitely Google it, but I personally like Bing because they pay me. Really? Yes. Cool. I actually get money. Every time, every time I search. Yes, oh every time I search. There you go. I pay for my Xbox Gold account every year by doing searches. All right, we just oh, received an nothing. advertisement for being cool. Yeah. You advertise for Google. Uh, say oh, nothing. Right. Okay. You can clip this out. Beep, beep, beep. Yes. <laughs> this has been a fun episode of Cisco Champions Radio. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Johnny. And I'm Lauren, and um, I'll see you on the flip side. Thanks. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.